Our text this morning is the, um, the second reading, the epistle in 2 Peter. I would like to remind you of verse 19. We have something more sure, the prophetic word, to which you will do well to pay attention as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. This is our text. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. I wanted to tell you uh, a little bit of a story. Maybe you've heard it before. I don't know. Uh, I was thinking about... Um, how uh, difficult it is to really know where power stands. And, and it reminded me of uh, England in, at World War II. As you know, they had bombs falling all the time. They had the V-1 rockets and the V-2 rockets and bombers coming in the night, and it was kind of a mess. Uh, um, and, you know, that looks like power. And uh, these, these things were all guided by radar coming across the water and t uh, telling them where to drop their load and where, where the rockets should land and such. Uh, and even though that all seems scary powerful, the smart people in England, they figured out how to bend the, the radar beams. Uh, and it, 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 that was kind of genius. Uh, what happened is they bent the radar beams so that the bombs ended up dropping in pasture land where no damage of any significance would happen. Uh, you know, if you think about that, the, the, the power that the bombs looked like was one thing, but there was significant power in the greater wisdom of the guys that distracted things and took possession of that power. It was really quite interesting. Now I'm saying that again because it's difficult to say where power lies and how it comes, uh, there wouldn't be much doubt about what was uh, glory and power uh, on that mountain that, that Jesus uh, was seen on. At, um, well, and, and he came on the Mount of Transfiguration and all of his divine glory and the, the voice of his father in heaven was heard and that scared the pants off the people <laughs> that were there with him. Uh, Peter is remembering what he saw in this letter, or at least in this moment of the letter. And he, he wants you to understand some things about that. So he and James and John, the two, two uh, brothers among the apostles, they, they saw all of that, and they were rightly terrified. If you heard the gospel, they were kind of falling on their face, expecting to get blown up. It didn't happen that way, but, but that seems to be as good as it gets to see what God was up to in his power. But Peter, uh, as he writes his letter, doesn't think so. He thinks there's more to it there. He says the prophetic word is more sure, which is kind of a strange thing for him to say. Is he's standing there looking at the glory of God, and he says, no, the prophetic word is more sure. It was for him for some reason. And um, he, he says it's like sunrise uh, coming in at twilight and that we should pay attention to that. This is so, he says, surprisingly, because it all comes from being carried along by the power of the Holy Spirit uh, working among his witnesses, which uh, 
is interesting because it doesn't sound like power exactly, but or at least it doesn't look like power, not like Jesus in his extremity of, of divinity up on the mountain, but this is the way Peter was thinking. So there's, there's just something in me, I would say, that, that would like to see the glory of God on that mountain or some other place in, in this life, such as it is. I know that I'll see him one of these days anyway, but you know, it, uh, if I could do it, I would like to do it. I suppose that you feel the same way to some extent, but I think uh, if, if it uh, could happen that I could see God's glory, it would be nice if I did it in sort of a secretive sort of way so I didn't have to die of fright when I saw him like these other guys did because, well, you know what I mean. That would be kind of upsetting. It would be amazing to see such glory and power firsthand. I think you would agree with that. But oddly enough, God leaves us with words. We don't get to see that glory, at least not yet. Reading the Bible doesn't seem to have a lot of power or glory in it. Uh, it's uh, hard to see why God does things this way. Um, when, when I, honestly, he could just show up a couple of times a week in the world and everybody would know who he was and and, and, you know, it seems like that would get it done and everybody would just follow him. Everybody would be on board then, right? At least it would seem that that's the case, but he doesn't do that. We get words. On the other hand, Jesus says uh, once, well, actually, he's speaking uh, in a, a parable sort of way in, in Abraham's mouth as he sits in heaven with Lazarus. Uh, he's saying uh, if, if they don't believe the words, if they don't believe the law and the prophets, which they had, uh, then rising from the dead won't get their attention either. So the, the word he says is more powerful or more important or whatever he's trying to say. It's more uh, gathering your faith than other things that you might see. This is kind of a hard thing for us to sort out, but it, it's, it's mystifying for us to identify real power in the life that God has given us. It's hard to see it moving there most of the time. Uh, often enough, it seems like there isn't any power of God in it. Uh, not like the light of God's glory that Peter saw. It seems like it never comes in. At least not the way we can notice it easily. But still, Peter saw that glory. James and John saw that glory. I guess you'd have to say Moses and Elijah saw that glory. They were up on that mountain too, and they saw that in Jesus. You have Peter's word on it. But, you know, again, it's, it's words. It's, it's very important, and it's meaningful that, that, uh, that he saw the Son of God capable of infinite glory and power, uh, and he was the one that came before these men, and, uh, and indeed uh, in front of many women as well when he went from that mountain of glory down to his cross, and these people saw him die. Um, you'd know nothing of that if they'd said nothing of that. So again, words. Um, 
there is this, uh, this other problem when, when Jesus rose to still greater glory, when he comes out of the tomb, when he's standing there alive. Um, well, they told you that too, because people saw him. Hundreds of people saw him. And, and we hear from them in the eyewitness accounts, words. If you uh, listen to everything that Peter says here, though, not only was, was it that they saw the Son of God, that this is a certainty. Uh, you, when, when you hear the voice of the Father saying, this is, this is my Son, then you, you know it for sure. Uh, but it's, it's more sure, Peter says, when they said, uh, well, when the voice of the people heard this thing, uh, the people that relate this thing are, are born of God. This is true also. And, and as Peter says, they're, they're carried along by the Holy Spirit to, to speak all of the things that had happened to them. And, and by these words, you know them too. And they have happened to you. What Jesus has accomplished, he has accomplished for you. He, Christ came into the world in front of witnesses. And for you, he spoke and he lived with the witnesses for a few years as he taught them all of the things that he came to say and, and until his time to die, which also happened before witnesses. For you, he showed these witnesses his full glory up on the mountain and his divinity as he comes out of the tomb. It happens again so that you would know how it was. It was God that rescued you not just some other person, not by the blood of just anybody, because lots of people died on crosses, but this is God's own son. And, and by these words, we know this, that they saw his glory and they saw his divinity, that we know by words. And for you, as, uh, as he rose from the dead, again, he showed himself to witnesses so you know that all was accomplished just as he'd spoken through the prophets before these days and then for centuries really uh, by the power of the Holy Spirit carrying along the prophets and all of the witnesses that have spoken for you, words. You know your sins, your doubts, your struggles. And, and these things uh, have been essentially made no more by the word that you received and believed by the same Holy Spirit that carried them along, also carries you along, and in these words comes your faith. Your promise of eternal life is known to you by the cross and by the empty tomb, to have come by the same one who was on that Mount of Transfiguration, all this by word, all this by the Holy Spirit, all this received by faith. Words. Now there's some problem with words that we were talking about in Bible study a little bit this morning. Verse 20 says uh, that knowing this first of all, that no prophecy of scripture comes from someone's own interpretation. Because you know how interpretation goes. You've probably heard lots of interpretation over the years. Uh, and, and it's hard to, to trust that, uh, as, as it turns out, because lots of people have 
different understandings of things by their interpretation, but there, there is something that you can trust in this. <laughs> These words. These words are of the Holy Spirit. And we have the promise of God that the words always do what it is that God wants them to do. So whether they're interpreted, whether they're understood, whether they're not understood, the words, they do what God intends. Always. He promises you this. You can trust the words. You can trust the witnesses. You can trust those that the Holy Spirit carried along to create these words of God so that you might believe the salvation that he has brought to you. That's what God is doing with these words. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.